kids come tough. I mean, this is a resilient group of kids. Mm -hmm. They've always proved that. You can see that just Duquesne, Pitt. I mean, we have great programs here in Pittsburgh, and it's nice to be part of one of the best. I think it means that the college soccer scene here in Pittsburgh is going to get better and better every single year. It bodes well for the game and the college game here in Pittsburgh. Welcome, everybody, to the Pittsburgh Scholastic Soccer Show. I'm Mike. Joining me is our Pittsburgh soccer professor, John Krasinski. John, welcome back. Hey, it's great to be back, Mike. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Um, we've both yeah. been uh, really busy. You know, we've been I've been doing a lot of podcasting stuff. You've been writing like crazy for uh, a number of different teams. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been another great year of soccer, really, since the beginning. Since we're going way back to January. Um, in February with all the commitments and, and the high school and college stuff. And then, of course, watching closely with the Riverhounds and covering them. And it's just been it's been quite a year, um, a lot to talk about, a um, lot to cover. Um, you know, it's been exciting. And, um, you know, it's 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 now a scholastic season is here. And I, I can't believe we're all almost a, completely a month into the scholastic season when you when you look at the especially the college, I think, uh, and I'm sure we'll touch on this briefly later as we wrap up, but I think we're going to, we're going to get into the high school season a little bit down the road. I think when we get into October and the playoffs come around, I think, you know, we'll talk more in detail about the high school season, but, but right now, uh, you know, I've, I've made some rounds, I've seen some games. And so we, we can touch on some of that, um, tonight. Um, but, yeah, we it's 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 been uh, it's been an interesting year so far for the Pittsburgh, the, at least the Division One teams that we've been following closely here in Pittsburgh, the Division One college teams. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so let's let's get into it because, like you said, you know the seasons are in full swing. Some of the teams have not started conference play yet; they're sort of on the cusp of it. Some have started some preliminary conference play. So let's just talk a little bit about you know, like you said, the 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 big teams that are here in the city, and we'll start with the Pitt men. Um, we talked a lot about Pitt men last season, specifically about Coach Jay Vidovich, since that was his first year at the helm. Um, you know, we talked about his pedigree coming in, high expectations for the team, but also being realistic that they play in the toughest conference in college soccer, the ACC. So this is going to be a process and, and hopefully building, you know, a successful and lasting program. And so we knew last season that there could have been high hopes, but realistically, they weren't going to, you know, be world beaters this year world beaters is probably not the right term but I know the coach said in the preseason that he feels confident that they're going to make it difficult for anybody that they play which is I think that good stepping stone they're currently three and four overall but they're zero and two in conference play losing its two tough teams number 10 North Carolina which was a two to one loss and number four Wake Forest they lost two nothing um mm -hmm. The good news yeah. is, uh, you know, in their most recent game, they picked up a 2-1 win uh, in an inner city game against Robert Morris. John, you were there. Um, yeah. Afterwards, you talked to Robert Morris's keeper, Winter Fondy. Let's have a listen. I'm uh, with Winter Fondy after the uh, Robert Morris Colonials uh, lost 2-1 to one to Pitt here at Ambrose Urbanic Field. Um, Winter, obviously, you were, especially in the second half, you were under assault there pretty good. Uh, um, you know, just what was it like playing against Pitt today, really? Uh, they're, real, they're well coached, and they're obviously a very good team. Um, they took North Carolina, outshot North Carolina, number four team in the nation, and beat them. I mean, they lost to them, but they outshot them, so obviously they're a very talented team. Um, we did what we could defensively, I like to say. I mean, obviously they had a lot of chances, and we only let up two. Um, 
both goals I think were preventable, unfortunately. And I mean, just didn't get the result today, obviously. Yeah, like it's tough. all year that for us. Yeah, tough early in a game, like yeah. when when you know they kind of they get that one and it's yeah, kind we of an unfortunate. We weren't really goal. sure how they were playing yet, and we were trying to you know acclimate to the game and. Obviously, they got one. It was kind of like a ping pong right there. It just kind yeah. of went in, so it was unlucky. Uh, certainly. And then, obviously, after that, I mean, you guys seemed to pick things up a little bit, and there were some chances that you guys were getting forward. Um, you've got some some players that have some really great skills on the ball. Bailey is just um, yeah, he's he's like an energizer bunny. Yeah, Bailey's having a great year, obviously, for us, and we just can't seem to keep keep the ball out of the net. They keep uh, We keep scoring a decent amount of goals, more than we expected to this year. And we just can't seem to keep it out of the back of our own net, which is unfortunate. But we're getting better every day, and I think we're going to be, do pretty well in the NEC tournament and everything. Um, it's going to be a good year for us, I think. I know we're not having won a game yet, but right. we've been in every single one. It just hasn't really fallen our way. Really, we just turn the tide. Yeah, it has. I mean, there were some, you know, some comebacks, and yeah. some close, really close games, and obviously the optimism's there. And again, and really, I, I, something that you could build confidence in a game like this, right? Agreed completely, yeah. I mean, obviously, to be able to stick with a team like this, they're very talented. they got a lot of good players. I don't think they had a weak spot on their team, so obviously it's tough for us to break them down, but pretty much just game plan was to, you know, hope for counters, and it worked out once, and almost they had a couple other chances. Yeah. They made a good save, and, I mean, they had more chances than they deserved to win this game. Yeah, and finally, uh, being a local player, uh, you went to Quaker Valley, right? Correct. Um, you know, what does it mean to put on a, a Division One soccer uniform for a local program, um, I know you just come off a tough loss tonight, but just in general, yeah. what's no, that? No, it's great to play. I mean, obviously, I wanted to continue my career after high school, and that was the goal coming in. And to be able to play D1 for the school, I feel like it's helpful for them too to be able to know the players and come out of there and go to a D1 school and play Division One soccer and compete against a team like this who's playing number four team in the country. Obviously, it's dream come true. Yeah, and, and to come play here at Pitt tonight, um, I'm sure you guys had a pretty decent turnout too. As well. Yeah, of course. You know, pretty local. And right. It's a away game, I guess. But yeah, it was a, it was a fun time. Beautiful field. Nice night too. So it was all good. Great. Thanks for uh, for your time and um, good luck the rest of the way, especially in the NEC. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. So great stuff for Winter, and uh, you know, we're, he had some high praise for Pitt. Um, we're going to talk about uh, you know Robert Morris's men's team here in a little bit. But, John, you also got to talk to Pitt's coach, Vidovich, um, and uh, the video of that is over on your Twitter account, at PGH Soccer Scribe. So everybody go make sure you go go take a look at that. What were your takeaways from talking to coach? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a chance to um, – I think it was probably the second or third time I've ever done – Twitter live, by the way. <laughs> uh, the first time was, uh, you know, when the Riverhounds clinched the uh, Keystone Derby Cup, and yes. I don't know, I didn't know what the heck I was. Uh, how can, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, all right, I'm just going to give it a go, and and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but uh, so the second time around, I did that with um, with with Coach Vitovich, and uh, yeah, it was a very good interview after the game. Um, you know, he he obviously. Is, uh, very intelligent soccer mind and you can really get that from talking to him uh but his you know his takes obviously on the game itself um you know he was he was very critical uh of his of his players and you know they started out strong i you know they scored a goal in the eighth minute they had a lot of pressure in the first five you know minutes or so Uh, it had the feeling the first five ten minutes of the match it had the feeling that Pitt would win four or five nothing it just it was just, they were just all over. Robert Morris couldn't even, you know, string together one or two passes. And it looked like a dominant team. Um, and they play a very unique style. They they, they they play a 4-4-2, but they really extend their outside midfielders almost 
to the point where it looks like they have four forwards. Mm. Um, and so there's, there's a, what it does is it creates a lot of space in the middle of the field. Um, and so early on, they were getting forward, they were getting balls into the box, and they were creating chances. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously it started with a, um, uh, a goal, you know, by Colin Bresniak. Um, and, and that was, that was, it was a kind of a game where, again, you, you just felt like it was going to, they were just going to roll all over Robert Morris, but somewhere in, you know, after that first 10 minute mark, they got real sloppy in their attack. And, uh, that's kind of what Vidovich, you know, talked to me about after that. Um, they, they kind of lost their composure. They lost their discipline of play after that. And he was, he was, he just wasn't happy uh, at that point. Overall, you know, um, yeah. the, what were your, your general thoughts on the game in terms of sort of looking forward, at least for Pitt? We'll get to Robert Morris in a minute. Yeah. I mean, high hopes. Were there any sort of standout players that you saw that, that might have a bright future here and, and help uh, elevate this team moving forward? Yeah, a few things to, uh, to notice. Um, well, first and foremost, looking playing from the back, uh, they have the same keeper from last year. Uh, he's, he's only a redshirt sophomore, so we'll probably be seeing a lot of Mikhail Alcalt. Um, and then in, in the, the, the two anchors, if you will, in the, the center backs, um, Bryce Cregan and Marie Kill, uh, both are transfers. I know we, we had, uh, had some audio from Bryce last year's, mm-hmm. on last year's show. Um, we also, uh, you know, learned a lot about Bryce and, uh, you know, he's a Pennsylvania kid. He played at Akron for, uh, you know, for two years and now he's getting in his second year with Pitt and he's a senior, um, and I, as he talked to Vidovich and there's a lot, they're really leaning on Bryce for a lot of the leadership there. Um, and then Marie kill as well. Uh, again, another red shirt, uh, another senior who's transferred from a top level program who played with Clemson. Um, so to come here and make that commitment, um, in the preseason press conference, even Vidovich talked about that. He talked about, you know, this isn't for everyone, but he, you know, the commitment that some of these players are making, they know what they're getting into. This may not be a, a you know, a winning season or anything like that, but, but these guys are, uh, you know, getting a lot of, you know, obviously playing time and, uh, opportunity to be leaders for a program that's, um, in the, trying to change the culture here at Pitt. So, so, but those two in the back, I mean, again, they open things up so much that they rely on those two center backs in the middle. So if you go to a pick game this year, you'll see that you'll see Marie kill Bryce Keegan is the two center backs and really, really solid players. Uh, I was very impressed with them in the middle. They have a, uh, they have a bunch of young players, but they have um, uh, a young uh, uh, community college transfer, Javi Perez, who's uh, actually, ascended to be one of the two team captains um, and an impressive player in the center central midfield. Um, his partner in the central midfield um, is uh, uh, Marconi Pimentel did not play against Robert Morris, uh, but he's been one of the top players for Pitt. He's had the most shots on goal this year. Um, and Vidovich mentioned that in the post game, you know, he said, you know, we were missing a few key players, uh, but no, they've got some Edward Kizza up top. He's a, he's a freshman. There's a lot of freshmen in the lineup, you know. Um, so you'll see uh, Kizza Pimentel, as I mentioned, is also a freshman from Brazil. Um, you know, and, and Kizza's from Uganda. So there's some international flavor there. Um, and then they have, you know, a number of players that came up from uh, Academy, Monteverde Academy um, in Florida. So some of those players like Kizza, came from uh, this academy in Florida. Uh, they are internationals who came to the States and played for this academy. 
Um, and now uh, Vidovich has been recruiting a number of players from there. I believe he has three players from there and has had a, a couple of other additional recruits. Um, up top, they used, Brez, as I mentioned, Bresniak, who scored the first goal, probably had about four or five shots on goal the other night against Bondi, and um, he was just, he was all over the place. And the other thing to note, uh, to note uh, Mike, is that, you know, this team, a lot of the guys that were on last year's team that had a lot of playing time and minutes, uh, like Raj Calhoun and um, uh, Kevin Angulo, mm-hmm. um, players like that are coming off the bench for this year's team. So you could see that all these new recruits are, are you know, getting thrown into the fire, and we're seeing, uh, you know, them getting a lot of playing time, and and then some of the guys that were, you know, mainstays for the last three years or so. Um, maybe taking a little bit more roles, uh, role, you know, coming off the bench, things like that. Yeah, so. Co- <clears throat> coach. Yeah. Coach mentioned in the preseason about um, you know the fact that getting getting sort of his guys in here, uh, elevating the competition level, and that's ultimately going to you know uplift the the entire program. But it's also going to force some of these guys into, like you said, more more role type positions. Um, so that's, that's good. I mean, good, uh, raising the competition level is great, you know, no matter where you're playing. So that's, that's good to hear. Um, game overall though, you know, it was, they were a little sloppy through the middle. Robert Morris got back into it. Um, you know, I know we'll talk a little bit about them later, but, um, they're, they've struggled this year. Um, they were, they didn't look like a team that was Oh, seven and one. Uh, they looked like a team that was hungry for a win that was, um, you know, trying to be opportunistic. Obviously, Pitt was the team that dominated possession, um, although they kept giving balls away, um, you know, especially in the middle part of that game. Uh, so, Robert Morris, what a beautiful uh, goal. They scored um, in the 54th minute to tie the game. Um, it was um, Rald Ravlem, who's a, from Norway, a freshman from Norway, um, was basically pinned into the corner. And somehow he got out, he got out and made it to the end line and delivered a, a lining cross um, for Rafael uh, Bruzal. And Bruzal just, it was like Corey Herzog, you know, with the Riverhounds, just one, just in the right place at the right time and a perfect header into the back of the net. And all of a sudden it was a 1-1 game. And uh, But Pitt being, you know, the team with the ACC, with the pedig- players with the pedigree, um, you know, score one minute later. You know, string together a couple passes and, and a quick finish. So, uh, and then they held on basically uh, the rest of the way. Sounds like it was a fun game. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They not only did they held held on, they did they hold on. They pretty much, you know, took it to Robert Morris the rest of the way. And that's where you know I was impressed, uh, so impressed with Fondy because he was making incredible saves in the last ten minutes of that match. Mm-hmm. Um, so my hats off to Fondy and um, you know I. I think he was still disappointed after the game, as we heard in his interview. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, have a chance to play in front of the home fans, a home crowd, um, uh, you know, at um, Ambrose Urbanic Field. I think it was a, it was an exciting night for the even for the Robert Morris players, especially the local players like Winter Fondy, who played at Quaker Valley. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so next up, um, Pitt are going to return yep. to ACC action to take on Clemson on the road at 7 p.m. on Friday, depending upon when you're listening to it. To this, that could be today. Um, let's, uh, let's jump on. So one of the other games that happened, uh, back on August 20th was Pitt women versus Duquesne women. So we had a city game. 
Um, it took double overtime, but Pitt walked away with a one nothing win um, thanks to a goal from uh, freshman Vilden Cardisler, who got the goal in the 101st minute. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, head coach for Pitt, Greg Miller, was basically just gushing about the freshman class, saying the freshman class is fantastic, great talent, great human beings, and it's great for their confidence early on to be contributing in that way. We'll get to the older, or we'll get the older ones involved, and they'll get theirs. But it's great that we have some variety because you never know where the goals are going to come from, and we need them. Um, so sounds like another exciting city game there. Um, Pitt is currently 3-4-2 overall. They are 0-1-0 in conference play after losing their first ACC match against number 23 Wake Forest on Friday. Uh, after starting the season with no conference games, it's all ACC from here on out. So, yeah, um, yeah I guess uh, anything anything to note here of, uh, of Pitt women that you've seen thus far? Yeah, you know, this is a team that uh, it last year had such a disappointing season. There were a lot of injuries. Um you know, so that that definitely led to it. Um, but you know, hats off to Pitt's um, staff because they went out and they've got some really good freshman uh, players, some recruits to come in. Um, and you know, Taylor Price, the redshirt junior who plays up top, the forward. You know, in the Duquesne game, honestly, if it weren't for Kira Murphy, uh, the goalkeeper from Duquesne, uh, Price probably would have scored, could have scored a couple goals in the first half, maybe even another one in the second. Uh, she's a very good player up top uh, uh, from Ontario, Canada, and you know she's she's a v- very good player. And they, we'll get to see her for two years here, so that's a good thing for Pitt. Um, but that's that's really you know what stood out to me is that they were definitely the better team against Duquesne. That's the game I saw full ninety minutes and beyond. Uh, obviously, they went to um, over double overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, Cardessler scored the uh, the goal again, another freshman from Germany mm-hmm. um, who has you know wonderful uh, skills and she's just a, a very sharp player and dangerous from distance. Uh, and then of course you know we talked about here on this show in um, March, uh, in, I'm sorry, in February March, um, having a local, uh, a real big time local recruit in Aideen O'Donoghue mm-hmm. um, who has been started every game. Um, at left back, and uh, you know it was it was exciting to watch to see her out there. Um, you know there were a couple times I was watching her going to battle with like Dina DeBaldo from Duquesne, and that was like you know that old Fox Chapel player against the Cannon Mac. How many times did we see that in the Whitfield playoffs over the last three or four years? So yeah. it was really cool to see that on um, display at Rooney Field. Um, but to me, Pitt, um, the the difference between. Pitt beating Duquesne this year and Pitt losing to Duquesne the previous couple of years was that this time around there, they were just a lot more solid in the back. Uh, I just thought that was the, the bottom line. Um, Emma Pazzullo is their center back who just, no, they, Duquesne couldn't get anything past her. Mm-hmm. Um, really, that was, that was, that was what I, impressed me. And um, so I, you know, that's a team that I think will still be, Finding itself through the year, you know, just like Pitt men, they have to compete against an incredibly tough ACC. So as we speak, you know, they're playing teams like uh, Virginia Tech and Clemson and, and, and North Carolina this, these last next few weeks. And um, they've struggled in the ACC as well. So um, it, it's take it's, you know, they have both Vidovich and Greg Miller have this incredible challenge. To, to get their programs, sure, they can probably compete with a lot of the middle-of-the-road Division One programs, 
but to be in the ACC, I mean, there's no college conference like it, I think, in almost any college sport. I mean, you could talk about ACC men's basketball. Mm-hmm. I think ACC men's soccer and women's soccer are just far none, just so... I mean, we're talking about conferences that have seven or eight ranked teams. Yeah. Like, always have seven or eight nationally ranked teams. Yeah. So that's what they're up against. Yeah. It's it's not going to be easy, but like you said, I think we talked a lot about Pitt women's team last year, um, mainly because of Aideen, but also because it seemed like they're there was sort of this shift um, in trying to recruit a lot of the uh, the local girls um, and, yeah. and develop that program. And uh, yeah, like you said, ACC, it's not easy. So again, the expectations aren't through the roof here for the first few years, but the, the key is to sort of like lay the seeds of, of building something special. And, and hopefully we can become one of those ranked teams year after year after year. And it sounds like both teams are on the right track. It's just we can't expect, um, you know, results today so you know yeah. keep keep moving keep developing as for duquesne's women's team they started off slow but they've been hot as of late only losing once in their last seven games and that was against at the time number one wvu they also beat illinois state one nothing and xavier three to one both teams that Pitt struggled with um they lost one nothing illinois state drew one one to xavier in two double overtime ah sorry um they currently sit at four two and four on the season they've yet to start conference play um, you know, John, any, any specific thoughts on Duquesne's women's team? Yeah, you know, the, the quote that stands out to me this year with Duquesne women, uh, again, after the pit game, I've talked to Al Alvini, their coach, a number of times now. And the quote after the pit game was, even though they lost that game and they had already beaten Pitt a number of times in a row previous to, to this year, uh, you know, his, his approach was, look, our game plan is entirely different now. We When we play Pitt, we're we're on the attack. We're playing, you know, we're playing it forward. We're we're possessing the ball. Um, we have players, talented players that can play with them. And you know, to, to, in my opinion, you know, I, I thought Katie O'Connor uh, was probably the most talented player on on the well, the most the best player on the field. I think it was a lot of talented players on the field. But Katie O'Connor, a junior who's been climbing up the scoring charts for Duquesne, um, is, is one of their all-time leading scorers, and she's just a junior from Long Island. Uh, and she's uh, just she was given A.D. and O'Donnell a handful every time she was, um, you know, going to her right into the playing the ball wide and sending in crosses or trying to get into the box. Um, she's very dangerous and um, on the ball. And she's a big physical player, too. So um, five nine, you know, she's pretty, pretty strong um, on the ball. So but just there's a ton of talented players there and they could play with teams like Pitt. They went to number one West Virginia um, a week later, um, and it was one nothing at halftime. They ended up losing three nothing. But I mean, that's we'll talk a little bit about West Virginia later too. That is a juggernaut program, mm-hmm. and we're talking a high level NCAA, you know, College Cup uh, type level program. And they, you know, they they hung with them uh, for for a long stretch of that game. So they just they can play. The Duquesne has a is a very good program. Al has done um, them, done some really good things, and you know, again, just to, to to kind of cut on what he was talking about, he's like, we're at a point where our program we can play on equal terms with teams like Pitt, um, and he feels that's a positive. Um, you know, they felt that that game against Pitt it went to overtime; it was nil nil, and you know, Cardessler's shot was, was just a beautiful strike from distance, and that was the difference in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's the type of program we have, and you could see. Now that they've they've gotten into this stretch of games against 
a lot of teams, you know, on that, you know, mid-major level, um, they're, they're playing really well. They're, they're beating, um, you know, they're beating uh, a lot of teams. They haven't hit the A-10 schedule yet, but, you know, they're beating Xavier, they're beating Seton Hall, they're beating mm-hmm. Akron. I mean, Youngstown State, these are all solid, solid wins and ties. So yeah. um, hats off to the Duquesne program. You know, that Atlantic 10 will be a challenge, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and you, you mentioned earlier Kira Murphy um, sort of standing on her head and making some saves in that game. She was named the A-10 Defensive Player of the Week after her shutout over Illinois State. We've had her on the show. This is her third A-10 Weekly Award during her tenure at Duquesne. So, again, hats off to Kira Murphy um, for locking things down back there for them. Um as for the Duquesne men, you know, disappointing start to the season after a convincing 5-0 win over Bloomsburg early on. They find themselves at 2-5-0 overall. Uh, Bright Spot recently was their 2-1 win over Navy at Rooney Field. Um, and up next, they'll get Robert Morris on Sunday for another always entertaining inner city game. Um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on Duquesne men at this point, John. Um, yeah, I mean, Duquesne men right now, I, I saw a quote from uh, Chase Brooks, their coach, um, and he was, you know, it was a lot of frustration after the uh, last loss to Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, they did bounce back and beat Navy. Mm-hmm. I guess Navy really needed Mrs. Uh, Dave Brandt because <laughs> yeah. they couldn't beat Duquesne. But, um, but yeah, no, you could, I, yeah, I, there was definitely some frustration from Chase Brooks um, in his post-game uh, remarks after the Temple loss. Um, but, yeah, they bounced back. They beat Navy Friday, I believe it was, no, Saturday night. Uh, and then they came back just in midweek game. I had to go to Philly, play Temple, and, and lost four to one. So, um, you know, it, I think the Robert Morris game will be a nice game that they could try to bounce back. Uh, they have one more non-conference game after that, Bowling Green, and then they get into the uh, to the A10 schedule. So that's the one team of the teams we're really talking about tonight that I haven't really seen yet this year. Um, we'll plan to look. Uh, to see them play um, in one of those A-10 games um, uh, down the road at, at Rooney Field. So I am looking forward to that. Probably won't be for a couple more weeks. Um, and, of course, you know, watching closely, um, for sure, um, you know, obviously Ryan Landry um, is a sophomore this year, and he played a lot last year. Uh, this is a local Shaler um, player, uh, player from Shaler and played with Arsenal. So, And then now they've got another former uh, Arsenal product, Brendan Akut, who was one of their highly recruited players, and uh, we'll be watching closely to see how those two do um, this year. Yeah. So, like you said, um, you know, hopefully, you know, the matchup against Robert Morris will help them bounce back. Speaking of Robert Morris's men's team, you know, we mentioned them a little bit about recapping the game with Pitt. Unfortunately, they're 0-7-1 overall, still looking for, you know, their their first win of the season. Their lone draw came against Bucknell, which was a 1-1 double overtime match um, for their homecoming, so at least they were able to get the draw for homecoming. Uh, they don't start NEC play for a few more games, so hopefully they can find some cohesion before then um, and then hit the conference full swing. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to point out there was one player out there, number 22, um, Bailey Winkle. He's a little guy. He's probably like five, six or so. Um, he's just like, I mean, if we compare him to any Riverhounds players, it'd be like a Marshall Hollinsworth type, but smaller mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, just highly skilled, real good on the ball, um, you know, and just he was causing Pitt some headaches and he got fouled about three times in about a 10 minute span and setting up free kicks near the box. And, 
So he's has he's leads the team. He's got six. I mean, this is a team that's oh seven and one. Mm-hmm. And they have a player that has six that had six goals at one point in six or five games, and you know, so he's exciting at that lower division one level. He's he looks like he can be a difference maker. Um, so he's somebody we'll watch closely. I think the rest of the year, and then of course Fondy. Uh, like I said, I what a what a classy, um, uh, nice kid. Uh, you know time out to talk to me after the game and mm-hmm. uh just seemed like a real nice guy and um a nice kid and you know very well spoken and um you know and very optimistic about where where they you know he feels they could go and i think they could build on some of the frustration of you know, they had a couple games where they had leads more than a two goal lead here and even had a three goal lead in one game and lost both of those so i'm sure fitness um is, is an issue there uh, you know, by the way, that was another thing Vidovich talked about fitness too. He wasn't happy, but um, they had come off playing Wake Forest and they'd only had 48 hours of uh, time between games, and so he was concerned about fitness. But with all these college programs, fitness is is paramount because you know you got to you have to play sometimes two or three games in a week. Right. Um, so we you know we often see the pro teams have to go through oh two games in a week, and there's you know. There are, there's a lot of you know concern about that, but you know, sometimes these college teams are playing Saturday, Monday, Saturday, or Saturday, Monday, or Tuesday, Friday, and it's yeah. it's a grind. It oh, really yeah. is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the women's team they're they're slightly better at two seven and zero. They have a break until next Friday when they'll start their NEC action against uh, home against the Bryant Bulldogs. So best of luck to uh, the Bobby Mo uh, women's team. Um, yep. And a lot of local players for both Robert Morris teams. So, uh, you know, if, I'm sure we, every once in a while, I'll get somebody send me an email or say, hey, you know, you'd like to see you get out there and cover some mini games. And, and we would love to see more coverage of Robert Morris. It's tough. It's tough. I'd love to get out there. I'd love to catch all of them. I was, it was really, I was really glad I was able to see, uh, you know, their men's team play um, this week. And, and hopefully by the end of the year, maybe we'll see their women's team as well. Absolutely. You mentioned earlier in the show, uh, WVU women. They are currently 7-2 and two overall with the two losses coming against number 10, Virginia, which was a double overtime loss, and number 6, Duke. Um, they've also had some key wins against, at the time, number 1, Penn State. They won 2-1, to one, and number 5, Georgetown, which they beat one nothing, and most recently, number 14, Princeton, one nothing. They were ranked number 1 in the preseason. They're currently ranked number fifth or number 5 in the latest coaches poll. Um, John, you were able to talk to uh, head coach Nikki Izzo Brown in the spring. Let's have a listen to that conversation. You know, obviously, the spring season. What, what are your expectations when you go through spring season? Um, obviously, coming off an incredible year um, at WVU, almost just coming so close to winning the whole thing. But what, what, what's your mindset in the spring? What, what, are, you, what are you looking to accomplish? You know, we're, we're just trying to plug in players and you know get different looks and try players in, in different ways and. Um, you know, so it's you know as much as we all want to win, um, you know the big the big war. You want to win the little battles and, and try to tweak some things to see things, you know, for the fall season. So it's all about development and, and making sure that we're par- preparing things individually, but then collectively. Uh, now, obviously, um, you know this this type of competition. You guys have traveled a bit in the spring as well. Um, you know, what's the roster look like right now in terms of, I know you've lost some key huge players yeah. that were instrumental in the run to the national title game. So where do you feel like right now, 
heading into you know with this off season? You know, we have uh, ten coming in. Mm -hmm. You know, so obviously we're trying to prepare ourselves, and then when um, you know the freshmen come in, you know, we're just trying to make sure that we're right and our mentality's right and everything's right about it. So um, you know, that's kind of where we're at right now. What type of players do you look for? What are you looking for? You know, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, there's there's two things. There's players with the right competitive mentality, and then technically, you know, can you handle a ball? Can you do your job in whatever position you're in? And then you can kind of go through the, the position of a defender, a goalkeeper, obviously a forward midfielder. And, and talk a little bit more in general about, you know, your program at the national level. And, and, and the challenge of maintaining that and being able to stay at that level? Well, I mean, you know, everybody wants to beat West Virginia and you got a huge target on your back and, and that's one thing, you're not an underdog anymore. Being, you know, we've been in the top 25 for I don't know how many years straight. Um, everybody wants to play you, you know, everyone wants to play the, the best of the best. So I, I think keeping that um, level up, you got to get the right players that want to protect what the team before you has done. Uh, so I think that's really important. And um, what is this this area here in general, being in Western Pennsylvania? Um, you have a few players, Heather, yeah. I know. I mean, got what a terrific uh, performance today in the second half. But, you know, have a few players from Western PA. Um, just talk in general about the overall yeah. growth of the game in Western PA. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Beedling's been so established for so many years. But, um, you know, the River Hounds and uh, just the Western Pennsylvania's done such a great job to develop uh, youth soccer. And, you know, we've always had you know, great players that have contributed immensely to our program, so uh, we recruit heavily in this area. Um, also, I'm doing a feature uh, about, um, you know, the growth of the women's game in general, and also just the, the number of coaches in our area um, that have, we've, we're starting to pick up some steam. You're starting to see some more um, women's coaches, not only coaching on the women's side. Oh, but gender, also, gender. Gender, Are you yes. talking gender women? So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. obviously, you know, having broken those barriers and been at this helm for a while, um, you know, what, is, what does that mean for the game, for us to have more women coaches? And I mean, I, I think it's good role models, you know, and women in leadership roles are really important. And I, I think that young aspiring coaches or even young women playing soccer need to see that, you know, they can continue their leadership skills at the next level. So it's very important that uh, women, um, they have a very unique way of coaching the game and, and they're um, more represented. And in terms of uh, connecting with uh, female players too, I mean, is there something there that you know that maybe uh, you know you can give in terms of just being able, to, like you mentioned, the word role role model, you know, in terms of that piece and. Or I think just, it's just uniqueness and understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that um, you know, I, I I definitely think that when you've played the game. Um, you have a, an understanding, and obviously being a woman, you have an understanding, but I think every philosophy is different, gender um, or not. So I, I do think there is a piece that women bring that's very unique. And um, obviously having a coaching staff, I mean, almost entirely having all women mm -hmm. coaching staff too, that, that's pretty unique as well. Yeah, it's, it's very important, um, you know, for me if I have qualified people, um, you know, that are applying for positions and, you know, I can give an opportunity to a woman to keep leading. You know, that's something that I'm very conscious of because I do think uh, it is important. And then finally, um, the fall season, you guys seem like, I, I saw this, I think, in initially, your schedule is just brutal again. So, yep, thank you. So let's see, I mean, you have to go Big 12, <laughs> yep. and then you've got all these non-conference yep. um, 
uh, you know, so what's the early outlook? Uh, what, what are you thinking uh, in terms of, you know, what do you expect from the team next year in the fall? Yeah, I mean, you know, to be the best, you got to play the best. And, and this team wants to get back to, um, you know, a national championship game. And I think we have a great schedule to allow us uh, to get there um, from a seeding standpoint in the NCAA tournament. But um, we can also see a lot of things early with our non-conference schedule to clean things up, but also things that we're good at. So it's going to be, um, you know, very interesting going into that into that schedule. And I, I did want to ask you one more question. Um, we talked a little bit about Duquesne earlier. I'm sorry, to keep you. Um, but Pitt, um, the challenges that face in this area. We've got Pitt. You know, you've got even Penn State. You guys mm-hmm. have seen them a few mm-hmm. times. I mean, just overall, like the, the talent in this area, and, and what is, you know, what. The, what it takes to get to that next level. You've taken this program to that level. These other programs in this area, what, what do you think it will take for them to get to that, that point? Um, you know, I mean, I, I think that it's um, definitely, there's no secrets to success and it's a lot of hard work and um, just really understanding what, you know, each each school can bring and each program can bring. And I think having uh, the right people in place is always important, but then the grind time. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, awesome. thank you very thank much. You. I appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. So some some really good stuff, um, John from from Coach. What uh, what were some of the takeaways that you got? You know, obviously you talked to her this spring before uh, things got yeah. rolling here in the fall. But uh, what are some some lasting impressions that you got? Oh yeah, you know she's um, well, she's an impressive individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just a, a coach that I think is does a really good job of walking the line between being a, a solid players coach. You know, mm-hmm. and and also you know setting the tone for a team and the dis you know, um, and the discipline and all that stuff. And she's uh, she is pretty impressive. But you know, one thing that st- stood out to me was you know she knows now that they've reached that level. They've been in the, the national championship, the final uh, in the college cup, and they they had a remarkable run last year. And they have a lot of pl- really good players coming back. That the Bulls they have the bullseye. And they are playing um, as a team. You know that's that's every team is striving to beat. You could see that, you know, first, mm-hmm. first two weeks of the season, they played at a ranked team, Georgetown, they won, you know, they played at Virginia lost. All right. So it was on the road, tough game, but then they bounced back. Penn state ascended up into the number one spot after a couple of nice wins mm-hmm. and they beat Penn state. And, you know, and it's great that they play all those games so early in the season, because that's going to prepare them for the, for the NCAA tournament. Which obviously, you know, they've been at the top of the uh, Big Twelve now for a number of years, and that's a team that's going to be, um, you know, have to be look at looked at as a national championship contender, and um, really enjoy the way they play. They they really get forward and have a lot of athleticism, and um, and and they're just a fun women's team to watch. They really are. Yeah, and and I also you know appreciated you you mentioned. Um, sort of recruiting locally, and she did not hesitate to call out Beadling specifically, and also the yeah. Riverhounds Development Academy. Which, again, you know, we talked about this spring, where um, I think it was all of the graduating girls from the uh, Riverhounds Development Academy were going off and playing in college. So I believe everybody that was in that last that that last group, that yeah. age group, yeah. Yeah, so so really, really good stuff. Um, you know, pointing to the continued development of uh, of youth soccer here and and pushing up into those ranks to teams like you said that are competing for the college cup. So that's fantastic. What are your thoughts yeah, at, at this point of them returning? We're all over the place. 
Oh, I'm sorry. It was, you mentioned Beedling, so I didn't want to not mention No, no, no. Go ahead. Let's talk about Beedling. Go ahead. No, I mean, the, I think one of the most impressive things is that Duquesne women have nine players that are not just from, I mean, just the just their Beedling players alone. So that, that just jumped out at me. I saw that earlier this year. And then, of course, West Virginia. Um, obviously, they're in the process of, of recruitment, but um, Carla Portillo, I'm sorry, not Carla Portillo, um, well, obviously, they have Hannah Abraham, who's, you know, is an interesting story because she um, she came out of a school that just has doesn't have a really great soccer program um, uh, at Albert Gallatin, way down in Fayette County. Um, but still, she's arisen. She's on the left uh, outside midfielder for WVU. She's the, the primary um, you know player from Western Pennsylvania who who has stood out um with that program and she's a junior and uh, she's somebody to watch as this team develops and goes into the, I mean, she was a, a key player on that team that went to the finals last year. Um, but now I think with she's stepping up now as a junior and we'll see a lot more of her uh, as well. And they have a couple other recruits from the Riverhounds Academy who will be, will probably be playing next year. Yeah. Once they uh, get their feet wet and get into the program. What are your, uh, your thoughts on the, on the team's chances of returning here to the college cup? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's again. I, I briefly touched on they. They play a, a, a fun style. They they get forward. They have a lot of athletes. They use the width. Um, so you get them on a wide field. They're very difficult to beat. Um, so I, you know that's a team that um, I, again I haven't seen. Obviously, I'm not following a lot of the other top level teams right now. But I, I am watching how they're doing against the competition. Like I said, they played against some really tough teams um, already. Uh, and they have some real dynamic players, um, you know, and I think that's that's really the key is is this team, I think, will be uh, uh, Michaela Abrams is really the player to watch. She's a senior. She is just uh, just fantastic, um, you know, on the ball. She's dangerous uh, from distance. She scored about, I think, four goals in the in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, I think she's got 32 career goals for for uh she was you know all uh you know all american she was just just a just tremendous player and she's the the one i think that the, one of the reasons why they're so highly ranked right now mm-hmm. um because she's just she's just the top level player um so and she's been doing it for three years at uh, this is her senior year so um so yeah players like michelle abram um hannah abraham uh, this this is a program that's very deep. They could go into their bench and have players that can come up and, and, and make a difference. And that's what Hannah Abraham did last year. She was like that super sub that could come in and, and just change the game with her speed and ability on the outside to, to get balls in. And, and, and she I think she had like five or six assists last year. So. So definitely a program to watch. You mentioned, uh, you know, trying to get a bunch of tough games in early in the season. They kick off their Big 12 conference play against Baylor tomorrow, which is Friday, or, you know, obviously today, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, so best of luck to them as they start conference play. John, uh, any other games specifically or places you think you're going to be heading out here to cover over the next few weeks? Yeah, so it looks like I will be seeing uh, most of the women's, uh, Duquesne women, I'll catch them Sunday. Uh, at Rooney Field. So if anybody wants to head out to Rooney Field, this should be an exciting doubleheader of soccer action. Uh, so a shameless plug here for the United States Open Cup qualifiers begin as well. So the Duquesne women 
will be playing St. Louis at 1 o'clock, and then the Tartan Devils, um, Oak Avalon, our friends uh, who made that remarkable run to the U.S. Open Cup, um, will be playing at 4 o'clock at Rooney Field. So I'm just going to sit back in the press box and um, <laughs> catch a couple games there and actually kind of keep the Riverhounds game on in the background and uh, um, kind of keep an eye on all things soccer, for at least for the afternoon um, on Sunday. So that's that's going on. Uh, we'll plan to check out Pitt, uh, the Backyard Brawl mm-hmm. at uh, in Oakland um, at Ambrose Urbanic Field on Tuesday night. Uh, Pitt will will pl- take on a non-conference uh, ma- in a non-conference matchup against WVU. So that should be interesting. Um, you know, it's interesting. WVU women um, are Big Twelve, and obviously their football team, basketball, Big Twelve, but their men's soccer program is a Mac school, which hmm. is very interesting. Yeah. Um, so obviously they do compete with Akron and a few other top programs in the Mac, but it's, it's not the big 12. Um, and I guess one of the benefits of that is the travel is probably not as extensive right. as the big 12, but that's an interesting program and we'll get to see them. They've been nationally ranked, um, a couple times this year. So we'll see, um, how Pitt do against that. I think that's a great, um, game to play in the midst of ACC and then go play WVU. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So if anybody I have no idea where else I'm, what other games I'll be at. <laughs> I say, if anybody sees, you know, a, a tall guy trying to do some periscope on his phone, make sure you go say hi. That might be John talking to uh, some of the coaches and players, but um, trying to do my Twitter live, you know, that's maybe right. for the third time. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, John, obviously we appreciate everything you're doing out there, talking to all the players and teams and, and catching us up on everything that's going on here with College Action. As you mentioned, we'll get into some of the uh, high school stuff a bit later in the season. Um, but uh, otherwise, I think that's it for this episode. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find more great local soccer news over at the Pittsburgh Soccer Report at pittsburghsoccerreport.com. That's where John does all of his writings about all of the different teams from all over the region. Um, fantastic stuff over there. Do not miss it. Go check it out. PittsburghSoccerReport.com. For more soccer podcasts like this one, head over to the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM. We do a lot of talking about hounds and all sorts of teams in USL and Europe and everywhere else. So there's a little bit of something for everybody. Um, otherwise, thanks, everybody. Good luck to all the players and teams we talked about, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon.